The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It's a teaching tutorial Thursday presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sports book app, which means it is a Greg Cosell Thursday before Super Bowl 55. You will not get a better breakdown of the big game than what you're going to get in about a minute, minute and a half from the NFL matchup guy, the NFL films guru. We'll get to Greg momentarily. There's a reason why we have Greg on every single week. He is the civilian goat when it comes down to breaking down the video. We're also only one day away from having winners. We love giving out winners. Tomorrow, we'll have a spread the word winner. Easiest contest I'm aware of. Just retweet or like any of our posts at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod, on Twitter, or sometimes I check Instagram, sometimes I check Facebook. I check them all. I look for new people that I haven't seen do it before. I announce you as the winner on a Friday. You get either a signed picture, a signed card, or one of these awesome signed press passes I have from this season. And I still have a bunch. Then we'll have the sponsor confirmation. Email winner, absolutely love. Those of you that take advantage of any of our awesome sponsors on the sponsor page over at RossTucker.com, we don't take them unless we use them and like them. And we like that we're able to give you guys a code on things we already like and use ourselves anyway. And then we'll do the YouTube shout-out winner. That's pretty cool, too. You just subscribe to the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And then if you comment on any of the videos, whether it's one of the highlight videos or the full episode videos, I see that. I see all the comments. I pick out one to get a Cameo-style shout-out. So the same thing people pay for on Cameo, you know, like a 45-second shout-out for me. Say, hey, what's up? Yeah. Video. I'll do the same thing for you for free just for subscribing to the YouTube page. We should, by the way, have our first YouTube-only football feedback show next week. Just looking for the next one or two people that take advantage of the code football over at 1-800-Flowers.com. Other than that, it is Big Show time. The Big Show. 
All right, I already introduced them. Greg Cosell, 41 years. Wait a minute, is it 42 yet, Greg? NFL I just Films? finished my 30, my 41st season at NFL Films, Ross. Unbelievable. He's the guy you see on NFL Matchup Show. You guys, by the way, Greg, have some good time slots on Sunday, I saw. Not too bad. Not too bad. Well, it's still a DVR event for most, but uh, uh, this will be the first year in about 30 years that we're, that I am not down there. We're shooting the show, but I will not be at the Super Bowl. I think it's about the first time in 30 years that that's not the case. First time in about 10, I'd say, that I haven't been down there for any of it uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Before we get to the Super Bowl, and I want to get to it from a bunch of different angles. Nobody breaks it down better than you. Two things I wanted to pick your brain on quick. First, there were some rumors this week that there are teams reaching out to the Raiders for quarterback Derek Carr. Now, I'll talk about a little bit later my thoughts on where that leak came from in the first place. I don't get into that with you. What I get into with you is objectively, from what you saw this year, what is Derek Carr right now at this stage of his career? I thought, Greg, he played a decent amount better than he did last year overall. You know, First of all, I think Derek Carr is a very solid NFL quarterback. You can line up and win with Derek Carr. But that raises the question, and and this is talked about all the time, that there's a few select great quarterbacks in the NFL at any given time that people believe pretty much can carry a team to a Super Bowl. If you don't have one of those guys, are you always looking to replace them? And Derek Carr probably falls into that category. You can line up and play and win games with Derek Carr. He's got a good arm. He can make throws. I thought he was a little more aggressive this year in pushing the ball down the field. That may have been a function, too, of design and scheme. But I always thought, Ross, he was a little bit of a cautious quarterback. But this year, I thought that he pushed the ball down the field more. So I thought he had a better year this year. Now, some of this could also be a function of the fact that we know that John Gruden is a coach that always seems to be a little bit disappointed in his quarterback. You know, I think he's that kind of coach. So I don't know where the rumor started from, but the issue you face if you're a team that has that kind of quarterback, you know, not a top three, top four guy, is you've still got to line up and play with a quarterback. So let's say you trade Derek Carr. If you're the Raiders, who do you line up with? You still have to line up and play. And you know you can line up and play and win games with Derek Carr. You know, it's really interesting because I think this year he was a top 15 guy, somewhere between probably 10 and 13, maybe 10 and 14. Man, there's a lot of teams that he yeah. would be an upgrade for, a lot of teams. No, that's that's the issue you face. You know, you – if if you if the Raiders choose to trade him, they have to line someone up at the position, and it's it's never that easy. Sometimes you you lose sight of of a particular player, and then you realize he was a little better than you thought. Okay, let's get to then um, the Hall of Fame, and yeah. I'm actually going to have a Hall of Fame voter on tomorrow's show to go over the 15 modern era finalists. You know. Greg, I got to tell you, I would have no problem with any of these guys getting in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and I'll talk about that tomorrow. I mean, they're all – I played against most of them. They're all fantastic. I mean, fantastic. So, I'm just curious. 
Is there a guy when you look at those 15 that you feel like is maybe a little underrated, underappreciated? People don't really understand how good he really was. Yeah, there is a guy to me, and that's uh, Torrey Holt. Uh, Torrey Holt obviously played in the greatest show on turf. Isaac Bruce got into the Hall of Fame. Torrey Holt probably not quite seen at that level, even though he's in the top 15. But I thought Torrey Holt was a great receiver. And, uh, you know, he got lost a little bit because of the other players within that offense. But when you talk about understanding how to play the receiver position, understanding how to run routes, the nuance, the subtlety, the discipline of being a high-level NFL receiver week to week, I really love Torrey Holt's game. And like I said, my sense is he's probably not seen that way, but this comes from someone who's really studied tape for a lot of years, and, and I always really appreciated Torrey Holt's game. You know what's interesting, Greg? He actually put up some really impressive numbers after Isaac Bruce, after Marshall Falk, with Mark Bolger. Yep. Torrey Holt still carried the load. Yep. For a number of post-Kurt Warner years, Torrey Holt put up big-time numbers. It, it wasn't just because he had those other guys around him. Or no, Kurt no. And, and to me, and, and I think you know what I mean, and hopefully the audience does, to me he epitomized what a professional NFL receiver is. He knew the position, he studied the position, he played it with tremendous discipline, and he still had big playability. So I've, I always loved watching Torrey Holt. All right, let's dive into the Super Bowl, Greg. Man, this is kind of sad. It's the last game we yeah. have to preview or breakdown for a while. Should be noted, by the way, that we get into it pretty hot and heavy. Starting next week, we'll probably recap the Super Bowl with Greg. But we don't stop. Greg's already been watching the college prospects. We start to dive into the quarterbacks and other prospects. Greg's not going anywhere, at least through the draft. We're not letting him. So you got to keep listening and keep watching every week to get start to get Greg's college breakdowns because they are phenomenal. But let's start, Greg, blank slate, blank canvas, when the Chiefs have the ball. Chiefs offense, Bucks defense. What are you most intrigued to watch? I'm going to be most intrigued to watch what Todd Bowles does because, to be honest with you, I don't have a really firm handle on how I think he'll go about this. Obviously, they got burned week 12 by Tyreek Hill. We know that. And they got burned playing multiple coverages. They got burned playing man coverage. They got burned playing zone coverage. So I am so anxious to see what Todd Bowles does in this game. Now, in that game, everybody talks about Todd Bowles blitzing. When they played week 12, Todd Bowles did not blitz much at all against Patrick Mahomes. And I think the concern when you blitz, and it all depends on what kind of blitz. There are safer blitzes as well, obviously, where you're not compromising coverage as much. But the concern is it's a numbers game. If you're going to rush more than four, let's say you rush five, that leaves six in coverage. So now it's a numbers game. You have six to defend five, essentially, because one thing about Andy Reid is he wants to get five out. Uh, now, the the other side of that is you do have JPP and Shaq Barrett working against, I guess, Mike Remmers is going to play a left tackle. So now there is a concern from a pass protection standpoint if you're the Chiefs. 
Uh, and when you have Vita Vea and, and Sue inside, they try to squeeze inside and you hope you can keep Mahomes from making those special second reaction plays. But I just don't have a great feel for how Todd Bowles, and I'm being honest here, Ross, how he's going to go about this because there are a number of, and, and I'm going to mention something else, but I don't want to give a, a lecture here, but uh, there are a number of elements here that are difficult to defend. Yeah, well, listen, I don't think he's going to blitz very much. I don't think he should blitz very blitz very much. The I, I personally think, Greg, the recipe for success for the Bucks, it has to be their D-line. Yeah, dominating the, the the Chiefs O line has to be like I I don't see how they win without it, and they should. They're all really talented, highly paid, good players going up against a bunch of guys. Let's be honest, they've done a nice job. But I tweeted this at Ross Tucker NFL. Four of the five have been cut multiple times. The only one who hasn't, Greg, is Nick Allegretti, a second year seventh round pick. I mean, yeah, this D line needs to dominate. I would agree. Um... And and you, your your point about the blitz is, is is a good one now. And people should remember as much as people talk about Todd Bowles blitzing, all five sacks against Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship game, three by Barrett and two by JPP, came on four man D line rushes, no blitz. So yes, I agree. Their D line does need to dominate. But the other part of that script is Mahomes' ability to make secondary action plays. Now, let me just find focus on one thing, because we can't go through everything in the time we have. One formation that the Chiefs love, they use it more than any team in the league, is where they have Travis Kelsey as the single receiver to the short side of the field, to the boundary side, with three wide receivers to the wide side. Uh, and, and very often, Tyree Kill is the inside slot receiver to that trip side. In the first matchup, Week 12, the way the Bucks handled that is they essentially played zone, cover four, but they matched up to the boundary side. So they would keep a corner over Kelsey and have that corner play man-to-man. Now, that doesn't automatically work. In fact, Kelsey caught a touchdown against Denzel Ward in the playoffs in the exact same coverage Cleveland played that the Bucks played in Week 12. But you know you're going to get Kelsey as the single receiver to the short side of the field. And that is something that has to be handled by the Bucs. It's a, a really, really good point, Greg. Um, look, it's going to be fascinating to see how they handle those guys. But like I said, the D-line has to be all over Mahomes yeah. like they were Aaron Rodgers. What about the other side? What about when the Bucks are on offense? They're going to have to deal with blitz. I mean, Steve Spagnuolo blitzes. And he's going to blitz. He's done this all year. I mean, the first two third downs in the Week 12 game, Ross, Steve Spagnuolo went zero blitz. And, and people can talk about Tom Brady all day, and he's obviously maybe the greatest of all time. But is not going to care about that. He didn't care Week 12. He blitzes against everybody. This is a team and a defense that had more snaps of zero blitz than any team in the NFL. It's continued through the playoffs. It's pressure. The other thing they do exceptionally well, and obviously with Brady, who's seen it all, you would expect that he would pick it up. But one thing they do really well is disguise and late movement. And because of Tyran Matthew, who's so aware, so smart, so savvy, they're able to use him in multiple ways in terms of disguise. They do play a decent amount of cover two, and he ends up being the middle hole defender in cover two in the middle of the field, almost like a robber in cover two. 
And they get to that in multiple ways. So Brady absolutely has to be aware of that. You know, what's interesting to me about that, Greg, is Brady is so good against yeah. blitz, especially out of empty. But what I noticed during the year, and tell me if they've gotten a little better about it, it didn't seem to me like the receivers always knew. You know, in other words, when right. they were hot or whatever, the sights – Brady and his receivers were not on the same page a lot earlier in the year. I could see him getting frustrated because usually when they blitz, he's boom, I know where I'm going. There were times where he would get picked off or he would throw it. The guy wasn't looking. They weren't quite, you know, simpatico right there on the same page. Have you know is that has that been better the last couple of weeks or is that still a concern? Um I think it's probably a little bit of a concern. Look, we saw in, in the uh, NFC Championship game, one of Jari Alexander's interceptions came on a blitz where there was a free runner at Brady and he just threw it up to Mike Evans and, and Alexander picked it off. Look, Brady is not a second reaction player. Brady is a pocket quarterback. Now, he's been one of the best pocket quarterbacks ever to play the game, and he does have subtle pocket movement, but... Pressure is pressure, and no quarterback likes it. I learned that very early on from Ron Jaworski when I started working with him back in 1990. And Spagnola is going to go after him, and they they he'll go after him from nickel with five DBs, dime with six DBs. They play a ton of dime, and they'll he'll go after him. Now they're going to have to have success against the blitz somewhere along the line if they're going to put up big points in this game. They did on occasion have success in the Week 12 matchup, but not as much as they'll need to have, in my view anyway, to really put up big points. And one other point, the the Chiefs do play a lot of man coverage, maybe with corners not a lot of people are aware of. Um, I think Evans and Godwin have to win. They have to be big factors in this game. And when I say that, I don't mean, mean they each have to go eight for 150, but they are going to have to win and separate versus man coverage. There is no question. That's one of the things I think people maybe don't understand. We've talked about it. The Chiefs' corners are a lot better than I thought. I kind of feel like, Greg, I picture Brady throwing the ball to the tight ends and the running backs a lot, feeling like that is their edge. You know, sort of what we've come to know from Brady over the years, the short, intermediate, middle-of-the-field passes – against tight ends and running backs, against some of these linebackers and safeties. Although Spags plays so many DBs, there's not a lot of linebackers out there in coverage a lot. Well, and then you get into the issue of what the Bucks will do from a personnel standpoint. Will they line up in base personnel? Will they line up in 12 personnel with two tight ends? And then because Cameron Braid, our, our Ivy League friend, is uh, he's been a factor in the playoffs, and he's a very athletic tight end, more athletic than Gronk. And It'll be interesting to see if Cameron Brait is viewed as a big factor as the Bucks prepare for this game. Because if you stay in 12 personnel, you might get the Chiefs in base, you might get them in, in nickel, but the point is you could get some very favorable matchups, and you might even get them in zone. They do at times play cover three. In fact, Gronkowski had a 48-yard uh, reception in the Week 12 matchup out of 12 personnel that actually came against cover three. I mean, maybe this is just from when I was playing, Greg, but if they're in nickel against 12 personnel, you got to run the ball. Yeah, but I don't think – 
I don't think that's what the uh, the Bucks look. Are they going to hand it off? Of course they are. They're not going to throw it on every snap. But I, I really would have a hard time, and maybe I'll be wrong. I'm certainly not there in their meetings, but I'm I would have a hard time, Ross, believing that Bruce Arians uh, and what we know about him is going to go into this game saying, you know, the run games are our foundation. They'll run it, but I uh, they're going to have to throw it in this game. I don't think we're looking at a 2017 game, but I could be wrong. You know, last night. Uh, when I'm home, my, my wife's not a big football fan, but sometimes I just talk and she says, what are you talking about? And I started thinking about the uh, Patriots-Giants game back, uh, uh, might have been the first one in 2007, when everybody thought it would be a 34-31 kind of game and it was 17-14. So you never know how these things play out. But I think we probably believe that the Chiefs will score points, correct? Yes. So I would think the Bucks would have to get – at least 24, 27, maybe more. So I think Bruce Arians is going to think that the way to do that is you have to throw the football. Check him out on social media, at Greg Cosell. That way you'll know when he's doing other stuff and or when the matchup show will be seen this weekend. That way you can DVR it or watch it live. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Man, I appreciate him. And I appreciate being able to just give you guys free money. I told you guys about it on the other shows this week. DraftKings, I mean, you double your money if there's a touchdown scored in the big game. And it's all players. It's not just new players, all players. Double, you put $50 down. If there's a touchdown, you get 100 you you just Did you hear Greg? There's going to be a touchdown. Then I love their big game prediction challenge. It's not even betting. It's on the... DraftKings app or the DraftKings Sportsbook app, either one you can do. And you get an instant prize between $3 and $25,000. I think they told me like four people get $25,000 just for doing these, like, I don't know, it's five questions, 10 questions. And you can do that through the first three quarters. So the bottom line is get the app on your phone and then do both these. Get the free 50 bucks, but definitely do the prediction challenge and get the, the instant prize. And you might even win Big money. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The promo code you should use, they know I told you about it, is ROSS. So that you can double your money if there's a touchdown. That's promo code ROSS. So they know I sent you. DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. New Jersey, uh, PA only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash prediction challenge dash DFS. For details, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Tucks Takes. Hi, Ross. Well, let's start today with uh, what you and Greg started off with, uh, the Raiders getting some interest for Derek Carr, possible trade scenarios. Right. And look, you know, this came from the Las Vegas, what's it, Las Vegas Review Journal or something like that, Bri? Whatever the newspaper is in Las Vegas. Doesn't have Sun in there? Review Sun, what? maybe? Uh, I think it's just Review Journal. Review Journal? I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, Vegas people. It's funny, Bri, because I do radio hits all over the country and during this time of year i heavily promote myfrontpagestory.com and i always tell them that it's like it looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper so i'm always trying to remember what the newspaper is in that city while i'm saying that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i'm like uh it looks like you're right on the cover of the reading eagle looks like you're right on the uh Cover of the Harrisburg Patriot News. The Las Vegas Review Journal. Is that what you said? Boom. Nailed it. All right. Anyway, 
the guy who who had this report is like the Raiders beat writer, Vincent Bonsignore, something like that. I've talked to him before, I think. Good guy. He's not getting that from other people. He's getting that from the Raiders. And it's the Raiders trying to drum up interest in Derek Carr. I think the Raiders are in the same boat as a number of these teams where they've decided if we can get somebody better, we need to do it. I just don't know who they think they're going to get that's better. I mean, Derek Carr was... I'm just going to look at one ranking right here while we're while we're talking about it, right? Derek Carr was the 11th best quarterback this year. I mean, think about it. Derek Carr was the 11th best quarterback. Matthew Stafford, 12. We saw what Matthew Stafford got this year. So I don't think – the funny thing is Derek Carr wouldn't get nearly the same. He just wouldn't. And I don't know who the, the Raiders think they're going to get that's better because the only guy that's available that's better – is Deshaun Watson. So, anyway, that's all I wanted to say about that. Tuck Stakes. Some sad news. Uh, your former coach, Marty Schottenheimer, in hospice care due to complications uh, from Alzheimer's, which he was uh, diagnosed with back in 2014. Yeah, this hurts. Uh, this hurts quite a bit. My eyes fill up a little bit as I talk about it. Um, awesome, awesome coach. Even a better person, I could tell a lot of stories. Um, by far, the most motivating coach I ever had in my life. And so you think about high school and college. You think about Bill Parcells, Joe Gibbs, Bill Belichick. Marty Schottenheimer could get the hair on the back of your neck to stand up. And the thing is, Brian, it was only my rookie year, and I wasn't really playing. I can't even imagine what it would have been like if I was starting. You know, he gave me a shot. He changed my life. He gave me an opportunity. Not only did he sign me, but then unlike other places, Bri, where the undrafted free agents don't really get a great chance, he gave everybody a legitimate chance to make that team. And I did. I did. I made it. And I, you know... I always say this, Bri, There's there was 31 teams then. This is before the Houston Texans. I probably, if I get signed by all 31 teams in a different life, I don't know how many of them I actually make the active roster. Three or four. It's just such an uphill climb for an undrafted free agent. I bet you a decent amount of them I probably make the practice squad because I played pretty well. But he was awesome. He let me miss a practice to go to my Princeton graduation during OTAs. He, the day after the season, told me he thought I'd be a starter the next year. He's, he is, not was, he is awesome, awesome guy. And um, I can't thank him enough. And my thoughts and prayers are with him and his family right now. Tuck Stakes. Well said. Uh, moving on, any thoughts? Uh, Chiefs owner Clark Hunt suggesting that the competition committee is going to take a look at the end zone fumble rule. Um, they got to come up with something better. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I'm not going to belabor the point here. And I don't feel that bad for teams that have it happen to them. 
like the Browns because it's been a rule for so long now and people have seen it happen so many times that it's a mental error if you do what Rashard Higgins did in the divisional round. But that doesn't mean they shouldn't try to come up with a better rule, right? Like that doesn't mean they can't have a better rule for it because it's just not even close to equitable that if you fumble it on one inch of this pylon, you get the ball at the one inch line, one inch of that on the other side of the pylon, the other team gets the ball at the 20. That's that disparity, that delta is too great. It's also too great of an offer. 100 Flowers got a couple of you that sent in 100 Flowers sponsor confirmations using the code football, like I do. But nobody since I said that you could be one of the last one or two people on our debut YouTube show. So just do it now. 100flowers.com. Use the code football and boom, click on the radio icon. Get to be a part of this YouTube show. Can't wait. Let's do an email, right? Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. The email address is ross at rostucker.com. We try to get to more of these in the offseason when we go three times a week. However, because we start to get a bunch of times, this is one reason why we're doing the YouTube show. You actually get a chance to come on the show and ask me a question direct uh, face-to-face like this. But uh, we still have a bunch of emails to get through from people that either rated and reviewed the show or took advantage of one of our sponsors. What do you got, Brian? Well, this one came in uh, in, I think, mid-December. Um, so anyway, hey, Ross, I hope you and Brian are having a great holiday season despite the pandemic. I admit, I snicker when you mention the, quote, gestation period for the virus. That would actually be the incubation period. However, we all know what you mean. I fully agree with everything that you and Andrew have said about lack of consistency and caution in the NFL in regards to recent testing and game scheduling. It's sad to see players being placed at risk. In terms of risk, the out-for-three-week statement regarding Drew Brees' rib fractures has been a puzzle to me from the start, as six weeks are needed to heal a rib fracture. Someone may be able to move if taped well after four, but not actually heal. Now, when you were playing... Here's the question. How often did you see players pushed out on the field too early? I remember Ryan Harris telling us that he was sent back out on the field uh, before being sent to the hospital. So how often does this sort of thing happen? It seems like outside medical opinions are not realistic or timely options for the majority of players. Is there a role for the players' union in contract negotiation to establish better process, or is the gladiator mentality here to stay? That is from our good friend Kate. Kate, uh, Kate Kolebaba, she is awesome. Love her. Um, thank you. Incubation, not gestation. Definitely butchered that a bunch. Uh, as for player injuries, I guess the first thing I would tell you is there's a much different scale for returning from injuries for professional football players than there is for normal people. There just is like it's one reason why I think at times the teams don't want you to get a second opinion and kind of snicker when you do because of what you just said there, Kate, like you go to some normal doctor, they're going to say, well, rib fracture, you probably shouldn't do anything for six weeks. That's just not how pro football works. 
I will also tell you, Kate, a lot of times it's the player that wants to play. It's the player that's pushing to play. You know, now there are times where they might hold off on giving you a uh, an MRI or something like that unless you say, no, I want one because maybe they want, you know, plausible deniability, right? Ah, we think you just have a, uh, a, a bulging disc and then you get their MRI and it's a herniated disc, right? And then you might think about not playing. There, You have the right, every player has a right to a second opinion. And every player should get that second opinion. Now, the teams don't always like it when you do, but too bad. You know, the older I got, and I get second opinions for everything now in life based on my experience in the NFL, based on other guys' experience. Now, I will say this. During a game, they're going to try to see if you can fight through it and get back out there during a game. Unless it's a concussion, they're going to see. And I've got a lot of stories I could tell there. But during the week, that is when you have the opportunity, if you so desire, to get a second opinion. However, you know, most of the guys, they want to play. And it's like, okay, you got a broken whatever. You're out three weeks. Okay, like you're going to get a second opinion so the guy can say you're out four weeks instead of three? Probably not. Uh, But for major things, surgeries, a lot of second opinions happen in the offseason, it seems like. Really good question, Kate. That would be a good – I'll have an off-season episode with Dr. Chow, and we'll just discuss that, that whole process, because I do think it's really interesting. I also do think our patrons are amazing. Shout-outs to Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, SteakhouseSports.com, Vision Comics with an X, and DinerDepot.com. I will be having a Pizza Boy beer this weekend at some point. So we love all of our patrons, patreon.com slash RT Media, because I love chatting on the private Slack channel. Right now I have it pulled up. We're chatting about video games after Brian and I were talking about Tecmo Bowl and EA College. Now we got a thread going about video games. That's what's so cool about you know being a patron is we got the private Slack channel where we can actually chat about stuff we talked about in the show. And I can hear you guys be like, oh, I used to play this. It's just fun for me to actually get feedback like that and then of course uh these folks are the i think we're done here 100 a month members that get me to shout out their business at the end of every show tomorrow we will have a hall of fame voter and i will give you my prediction for super bowl 55 oh by the way programming note tomorrow night 7 to 9 p.m eastern time i am in studio for cbs sports network i think it's called countdown to the super bowl or super bowl live i'll be in studio in uh, new york city 7 to 9 p.m. tomorrow night, CBS Sports Network. So check out your boy. We'll see if I clean up nice. Got to get a haircut. Got to actually wear a suit. I'm so used to just wearing the CBS blazer. Got to pick out a suit and tie and see if I clean up as well as Bride does. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.